Can't tell if that's good. Yeah, man. How the fuck are you doing? It's Aiden Jones here talking to you. This podcast is called Sitting Under a Tree, and the date is Tuesday, the 12th of April. 12th of April. And I'm having a bit of a fucking morning, let me tell you. Let me goddamn tell ya, I'm fuck. It's you know what? Thank God I didn't start this podcast like half an hour ago because I was about ready to just turn the mic on and be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I was just about to do what was just done to me <laughs> and perpetuate the cycle of abuse. God, man, <clears throat> I uh, just had a. Phone call. I just had a f- phone call with uh, this. Per- All right, so I I don't know where to start this story. I had a lovely evening on Sunday. I hired a car and I drove to Lawn again. It was great. I'll tell the story in a bit. Um, but on the drive there, so I like hired this car. It was late. I did my show. Uh, on Sunday night, and oh my god, I went and saw John Crookshank, dude. John Crookshank is like, I mean, I'm, that may be the hardest I've ever laughed in a comedy show. It was so funny. Um, his opening joke is, "My favorite rapper is Chief Keef." That's like because his name rhymes, you know, like he's already started. <laughs> already started <laughs> fuck god he's so good that's his opening joke um and then he just starts like offering things to the audience like like with no reason like one of the biggest oh god one of the biggest problems i've always had with comedy is like why am i telling the audience this stuff you know and I guess an answer is because it's funny, but I, for some reason, I always need like a more of a reason than that. And um, John Cookshank does not need a reason. He's just like, oh yeah, every bit he does, he does it, and then he's just like, oh yeah, all right, what about this then? <laughs> he literally says that. He's just like, they laugh, and he's like, all right, yeah, good, um, yeah, all right, that's good. <laughs> Fuck. So that was just beautiful at uh, 9.20 on a Sunday and then went and picked the car up, went to Comedy Republic for a bit, hung out with some mates, whatever. And then the plan all along was I'm driving a lawn and I get this car and it's like a 10-year-old car and it's like, it's all right. And I'm driving to Lawn. I get. I don't get to Lawn. It's too late. It's two a.m. by the time I leave Comedy Republic at like twelve fifteen. <clears throat> so it's late. Let me. Is that tea? No, that tea's going to be too hot. That tea's going to be too hot. I'm not going to try it just yet. Um. So I get to Anglesey at like two o'clock, and I'm like, "This will do." 
and there's a bit of a fucking car park and I stop in the car park and oh my god I've got my sleeping mat and my pillow and my blanket and I put my trackies on and go to get in and like go to sleep and I notice because the seats folded down it's not it's like a it's not a hatchback but it's like it's a sedan but it's like not a big was it a sedan fuck I don't know what kinds of cars there are what's a sedan what is let's look up on google what no man I was just trying to play a change gone come by uh who's that by again by Sam Cooke and uh the chords that they have for that song online are incorrect Anyway, what is a sedan? A sedan. Wikipedia. A sedan or saloon is a passenger car in a three-box configuration with separate compartments for engine, passenger, and cargo. Okay. Did you guys hear that? I can never tell where my fucking sound on my phone's coming out. A sedan or saloon is a passenger car in a three-box configuration. What's a three-box configuration? Fucking stop with the jargon. I'm about to get angry. Oh, okay. Oh, a three-box configuration. They used to be like... It used to be three boxes, the old style of the car. Oh, fucking, that's all right. Like the front, the bonnet is one box, and then the middle is another box, and then the back is another box. Is that it? Nah, let me look up what... What's three box configuration in cars? According to Wikipedia, the configuration of a car body is typically determined by the layout of the engine, passenger and luggage compartments, which can be shared or separately articulated. Okay. So the one box is the front, the second box is the passengers. Engine, passengers, boot. That's a three box configuration. Sick. Anyway, I've fi- <laughs> I'm, I'm no closer to getting to an interesting point here. <laughs> so I uh, it was a, was it a sedan or was it a hatchback? It's a Volkswagen Golf. That's what it was, 2010 model. So I drive that out and I go to go to sleep and I notice that there's a, a draft coming through the back left door, the left passenger's like, you know, the, the rear passenger side door. And so I get out of the car and I'm like, that's weird. And I try and shut the door and it won't shut. It, it just will not shut. And the latch, something to do with the latch, like it shuts in so that it's shut, but then it won't stay shut. The latch won't hold it. So, like, I don't know what's going on. And uh, it won't shut and I'm trying to go, you know, have a nice night's sleep. So, I have to fucking tie it. I, I know I got it closed. That's right. I got it closed at night. But then in the morning, oh, my God. I mean, first of all, in the morning. So, I get to sleep at like 2 a.m. in this car park next to the beach in Anglesey. It was lovely. And then in the morning... I wake up at like 6.30 and there's another guy has just driven his car to the car park and he gets out and he just... <laughs> this is so absurd. He gets out of his car at 6.30 in the morning and he just starts playing the bagpipes. <laughs> there's, no, there's no houses around. 
<clears throat> I'm in a car park outside the town of Anglesey. This guy, I reckon what's going on is he lives nearby. He plays the bagpipes. He doesn't know where to practice. So he comes to the fucking car park next to the beach at 6.30 on a Monday morning. And I'm, I'm like four and a half hours of sleep. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, you know, <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm just lying there in this fucking car going like, all right, I guess I've got two options. I can either like be like, man, what the fuck are you doing? Or I can just resolve to enjoy this. And I'm like, I guess I just enjoy it, you know? I mean, I'm fucking sleeping in a car park. That's weird. I don't own the car park. I'm not king of the car park, you know? He He's come here. He wants to play bagpipes in the morning. And who am I to tell him that he can't do that? So I'm just going to lie in the back of the car and, and just try and enjoy it. And you know what? I did enjoy it. It's quite nice. And then another guy came along, some other car, like a, a lady and a man. And the guy got out and he was like, mate, don't let me stop you to the bagpipes guy. And he was like, oh, maybe you do a request. He goes, can you play Amazing Grace? And then the guy started playing Amazing Grace. All right, I'll stop. A bit of tea. Positive experience with the tea. Oh, here's how close I was to recording this podcast before I already made myself a cup of tea. I sat down here and then I heard my housemate's door open and I, I'll get to the story of what... All right, so the car door, done work. And I go to lawn in the morning and I go for a boogie board. It was fucking sick. And then I go to the cafe and whatever. And then... I, and the whole way... I um I used my like the bag for my sleeping mat that's got a drawstring on it and I tied one end of the drawstring around the door handle outside and then wound the window down and then tied the other end of the handle around something inside the car. Whatever. I fucking I'd got a solution. And I drive all the way home with that. Um, you know, get all the shit out at my house, have a nap for a couple hours, jump back in the car, forget that the door's fucked. I'm like, oh shit, okay. So I um, use the seatbelt to tie the door off, whatever. I'm finding all different kinds of solutions. And I drop it back at the person's house whose car it is. And then I go and I had dinner with a mate last night, whatever. It was nice. So this morning I wake up, I'm having my breakfast. You know, I've meditated. I'm having a nice slow morning. I've got some things to do today. I'm trying to take it easy. I've got to go to therapy. I'm recording the pod. And I'm halfway through breakfast and I get a call and I missed it. So I called him back and she was like, yeah, hi, it's whose car you hired. And I was like, okay, yeah, cool. She's like, yeah, the door doesn't work. I'm like, yeah, I sent you a message. I sent her a message in the app. That's the important thing. I sent her a message in the app saying that the door didn't work. And she's like, okay, well, you've clearly done something to it. And I'm like, "I, I don't know, man. Like I didn't do anything to it. I... You know, she's just like, it's, uh, the, the conversation was like, 
you've done something and I'm like, I didn't do anything. Nothing happened. The door was just, it started just doing that and I don't know what happened. And uh, I thought for a second that someone else had been using the car, like another borrower. So I was like, maybe it was them. But then she was like, no, it was me using it. So it was you. And I was like, okay, well, look, I don't know what happened. I'm not trying to lie to you, man. Like, why would I send you a message if I was trying to hide something, you know? And she was just yelling at me on the phone going like, well, I'm not paying for this. And I'm like, okay, well, like take it to the mechanic. Like, let's see. Rather than just flip, she's like, I've got a busy day. I've got a lot of stuff to do and now I can't even drive anywhere. I'm like, I just, all right, what's my problem with this? Because the way that it made me feel, like I understand, all right, how's, he, how's she feeling? She's feeling upset that her day that, Evidently, it's like a busy day that she's got and she's upset that now she has to do this extra thing that she didn't foresee. And she feels like, I think she, I think from the phone call, the way that she called me, it feels like she's blaming me for the fact that this is happening to her now. But I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything to the car. I just hired a car. The door stopped working. I did what I could to deal with that. No, I didn't hit anything. I didn't crash the car. I didn't even open... I didn't even touch the door. You know? And now, the, like, it's not worked. I've taken it back and I've sent her a message on the app to say what's going on. And um, it felt like she was, like, saying, man, no, you've done something. You're trying to hide something from me. And I'm like, why would I try... Why would I break the car? Why would I, like, fuck it up and then like try and lie about it but still send you a message if i was trying to cover it up surely i would just like not say anything you know like i that thought went through my head man when i was on the way back because i thought someone else had hired it and this is like i am a dickhead in a way not that i did anything wrong but even that i had this thought you know like i was driving back and i was like i, I thought that someone else had borrowed it before me and evidently i was like well they've fucked it up and not said anything. And so I was like, well, if they didn't say anything, then maybe I should just not say anything. And then the next person who takes it, they won't say, and you know, and then there'll be too many people. But I'm glad I didn't do that because there wasn't someone else before me. It was her. So it was me who was the only person borrowing the car when the door fucked up. So like, if I didn't say anything, it would have looked really bad. So I'm glad I didn't dodge the responsibility of saying something. I was like, no, I should be the person. If if the person before me didn't say something, that's on them. But I should say something because the door is clearly broken. So like, I feel like I did the right thing and I'm still getting yelled at. That's very upsetting. I guess I can empathize with her position. Like what I was thinking before I started the pod was like, I just wish, like why does it have to be someone's fault? I was talking to my friend at dinner last night about this. About how... <clears throat> so, my mate works for a company. They, like, make tools and machinery and shit. And he was talking about how he has to sign off on some safety thing. And basically, the person in the meeting was trying to rush through the safety thing. And then at the end, they were like, now you sign this. And my mate was like, hold up. If I sign this and then, like, in a year's time, someone like dies or is injured by one of these machines, am I like legally culpable? And they couldn't answer the question. So he was like, cool, well, I'm not signing it then until we go through it properly and make sure that everything's all good 
because there's no way that I'm, you know, like, and that's like him covering his own ass. And he told me that story and I was like, it's kind of wild that, all right, so when I was reading Sapiens, I'll talk about it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm self-conscious about how much I mentioned Sapiens and Yuval Noah Harari because I know I've been told that it's like a real man thing, that it's just like all men are really into this book. <laughs> you fucking men with your fucking books. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, someone's just like, ugh, guys love that book. I'm like, what does that mean anyway? Why, why am I getting defensive at a different person now? It's not what this is about. <laughs> you fucking men with your fucking history. What about history? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I'm a man and I read Yuval Noah Harari. Um, and in that book, he talks about the... Um, the change in society that happened around the Renaissance where God was at the center of society beforehand and everything that happened was attributed to God. And when God kind of started to drift away from the center of society and in the Enlightenment and the Renaissance, it was like, no, humans are at the center of society and humans are the like ultimate power in the universe and um, we can use science to understand the universe and have more power and uh, we can explain things rather than needing to just go, God did it. We can actually find explanations for stuff in the natural world. We have that ability. There is nothing that's unknowable. We just have to figure it out. And that was such a huge change in the world because it went from like, say before that, if there was a drought or a flood or a plague, a plague, or if something bad happened in your life, you know, like if your kid died of some mysterious thing, you would just attribute that to God. Or maybe you would say, well, I did something to displease God or just God decided. And it's the whole, God works in mysterious ways, right? There's another force beyond our control operating on the world and making bad things happen to us. And and that's kind of terrifying because it means that you can't control stuff. But it's also kind of liberating in a way because it means that things aren't anyone's fault. That it's something can just happen and it not be anyone's fault. But when we put humans at the center of the universe and, and when we can understand everything and it all is knowable, then suddenly when something happens and goes wrong, it's not God's fault, it's humans' faults. It's not that God decided that there was going to be a plague or that, you know, someone was going to die or whatever. It was that we didn't know enough, which eventually leads to someone fucked up, which is the culture in the world now of like whenever something bad happens in society, there's got to be a, a, an inquest or, an, a, you know, like a, a royal commission or whatever the fuck. So like when my mate's having to sign off on the safety things of these machines that his company makes, like machines fuck up. That's what happens. Sometimes things stop working because you can't make a perfect machine. It's impossible. Nothing is perfect. Things change. <laughs> I feel like I'm lecturing right now. So like, but my mate has to sign a piece of paper that's going to make, because we need someone, you know, like if a machine fucking explodes and some guy dies working in a place, everyone's first question is, whose fault is this? Who do we find 
and punish for that thing that happened because we're unable to just like contemplate the idea that like maybe no one gets punished. Maybe this is just, and I'm not saying that like people aren't responsible for stuff. Sometimes people are responsible for stuff and you know, some people do need to be punished or whatever, but sometimes things happen. And I didn't fucking touch your fucking car door. <laughs> I didn't fucking do it. I did nothing wrong. <laughs> and I resent the fact that you called me and attacked me while I was eating my granola and watching Civilization Six <laughs> competitive matches on YouTube. <laughs> You have ruined my morning. <laughs> oh my God. But even me, you know, now I'm like, that's her fault. God, we always just fucking want to blame people for stuff. You know, like I can't just be like, well, the thing happened and that made her feel like that. Like when are we responsible for, you know, the chain reaction, like her, the reason she felt bad is because the door broke. I didn't break the door, but the door breaking made her feel bad. And then I was the closest person for her to like reach out to, you know, conceptually to the door breaking. So she reached out to me and made me feel bad. But is it her fault that I feel bad or is it the, the door? You know? It'd be nice to be the person. I guess that's something to aspire to in life, isn't it? To be the person who breaks the the cycle of like you know bad things happening and then people reacting to those things and 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 hurting other people around them oh well that's quite deep isn't it man those fucking bagpipes were so funny i wrote a nice uh i did a nice bit of stream of consciousness when i uh was i was sitting in the cafe after i went boogie boarding in lawn and uh, I just wrote about going boogie boarding because it was really good. And like, he, you know, all right, this week actually, this last week, the last two weeks have been really tough. And uh, I've regularly felt like sad or just, or, you know, like despondent and, and um, kind of helpless. I've been, yeah, I've been having like a, a pretty tough time. Um, and one thing that's been really good is doing the show after last week's pod, you know, I did the show on Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday, um, felt like it clicked and, uh, I feel like I've been kind of dealing with the topics of the show and the jokes in the show in such a kind of heavy way. Like I've really been getting bogged down in the subject matter of the show and the stories therein. Fuck, love an opportunity to use the word therein. And uh, I saw my friend Sam Taunton's show, who I fucking have to recommend. Anyone looking in Melbourne, looking for more shows to see, go and see Sam Taunton, man. The dude is a fucking master. Because like, I mean, he's not, He's not talking about anything, you know, crazy serious or heavy. But, I mean, maybe he is. Like, I actually, I mean, I don't remember heaps of the topics that he talked about. But I just, what I took away from the show was the feeling of lightness and fun 
and playfulness that he had. There was a riff that he did about someone honking their car horn on the street that he was like, oh, I've hired that person. And then they honked again and he was like, oh no, he's fired now because he's honked at the wrong time or whatever. It was so funny. And he was just, the way that he kind of danced through his material, it was like not getting bogged down. You know, some of the lines, if they didn't land, he was just like, oh, fucking whatever. I'm still having fun. And I just like seeing that and then reflecting on the way I've been performing my show for the week before that, I was like so intent on like everything being perfect and I have to make this point and I have to articulate what I'm trying to say and find the message and uh, I was just taking it so fucking seriously and you know, Taunts is like obviously putting in the work and working hard on the thing but when he gets on stage... He's, it's just like, he's not taking himself so fucking seriously. He's just enjoying it and having fun. So that was a beautiful thing to see. And on Friday, I woke up and I resolved to just do that. I've got the jokes. I've done the work. I've done the work. You know, I've, I've fucking written all of the jokes and the stories that I'd needed to write and whatever, but I hadn't let myself just go on stage and have fun with it yet. And uh, I did that on Friday and, and, you know, luckily I did that night because my housemates were in the audience. So that was good. And I felt good about the show. I did the same thing on Saturday, had a great crowd in on Saturday, felt good about the show. Sunday had a small crowd in, but I did the same thing. I felt really good about the show. You know, by the end we got there with like eight people in the audience and I'm, and, and something that I've been thinking about in the show is trying to bring it back to what I was saying before what was I saying before be the person to to break the cycle of like not passing shit on right and here when I was in lawn and I started to feel a little bit sad again you know like I just I don't know the feeling is still there and what I've been kind of talking about in the show is like I'm focusing on this story about me getting fired from this job a year ago and more generally me being fired from 14 jobs in my life and, you know, like, what's wrong with me? What's the problem? Why, why, why? Why am I like this? And um, what I keep kind of saying in the show that I'm keep, keeping on trying to remind myself of is that if I want to be, like, I'm trying to work on myself. That's the idea that I've kind of landed on. Like, that's the thing that encapsulates every story that I'm talking about is like, I'm trying to work on myself and I'm trying to be a positive force in the world and you know someone like a, a person and to do things that i can be proud of and um how to do that i think and to just like be that positive energy is like not focus on the things that are upsetting and rather than focusing on those things that are upsetting like getting fired from that job or like this door thing you know or this girl calling me and ruining my morning <laughs> to focus on to just forget that just not forget it but like just not think of it it's not even about forgetting it or invalidating it it's just that we can only focus on one thing at a time so you've really got a binary choice do you want to focus on something that's going to make you feel bad or do you want to focus on something that's going to make you feel good and when phrased like that, it seems like a pretty easy choice, doesn't it? Oh, I would want to focus on things that make me feel good. But so often in my life, I fucking focus on something that makes me feel bad. Why am I doing that? What are you, nuts? 
Uh, an old friend of mine used to say that all the time and I, <laughs> I really like it. What are you, nuts? <laughs> the way that phrase bounces, you know, what are you, nuts? <laughs> hey, what are you, nuts? <laughs> so, um, mate, that's the, I reckon that's the fucking, yeah, go on. That is the title of this episode. What are you, nuts? And maybe the maybe the image for this episode is a picture of the car that I. T- <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. That's goading fate, isn't it? <laughs> a picture of the car that I took before I hired it. You have to like take pictures of the car to be like this is the state that it was in before I took it. I can make that the picture on the podcast. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to... It feels negative. And um, you know what I'm going to do? The picture this week is going to be the picture that I took of a beautiful rose the other day. A lilac-coloured rose at the front of someone's house that I saw when I was walking around. You know what I've seen? The Grove. There's a street called The Grove in uh, Coburg. That is like, according to one of the real estate posters in the area, the premier street in Coburg. And look, it is beautiful, man. All the houses on the Grove are so nice. I've been walking down there lately. I've been like, you know, I get sick of walking the same streets in my area that I know. So I'm like, let me try and take a different path. And I stumbled on this street and I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. There's There's this one house that's like, it's like modern design. I don't fucking know. It's like a pyramid. Like... It's a regular house, but like some of the kind of second story little atrium type rooms, it's like pyramids jut out of the structure. So there's like a regular roof, but then over the top of that, the pyramid that goes from the ground kind of goes through the roof and then up above and is like, I don't know how to describe it. Walk down the grove in Coburg, man. It's really pretty. Um. <clears throat> <sighs> that's something positive that I can focus on. And the fucking rose. You know what? Maybe I won't call the podcast What Are You Nuts? No, nah, maybe I will call it What Are You Nuts? Nah, it feels, it feels right. What Are You Nuts? And a picture of a rose. It's like, it doesn't really make sense. But if you're listening here now, I always wonder about that. When I do the podcast and I, you know, go like, oh, that's the picture I'll do and that's the fucking title of the podcast this week. Is that like, do you guys like that? <laughs> because <laughs> i enjoy it i think it's really fun to kind of organically come to the idea or like a phrase that encapsulates what i'm talking about um oh. and then to that mo- at that moment go through my camera roll and find the photo that i want to do google deep dream on anyway so yeah trying to focus on positive things Rather than focusing on things that are upsetting, focus on the positive things. So, when I was in the cafe and lawn, I wanted to do a little bit of writing and so I was like, okay, what's something that I've enjoyed? And I had just gone boogie boarding. I was like, well, I enjoyed boogie boarding, didn't I? So, why don't I spend a bit of time writing everything I can remember about the experience of going boogie boarding? And I did and it was really good. Like, I had the board. I, I like drove up to the beach Man, I drove up to the beach and I sat in the car for a second, like at the main beach in Lawn. And then in the car next to me on the uh, passenger seat in the front, there was like an older kind of man. And I'm reading Paul Kelly's book, like his biography at the moment. 
And I just, you know, the guy, I was just like, is that Paul Kelly? <laughs> it was just in my head. I'm sure it wasn't Paul Kelly, but, um, and there was no one in the driver's side seat of his car. So like wherever the driver was. And then I got out and he kind of got out at the same time. And uh, he went over to this lady that was around his age. He must have been in his 50s, the guy. Gray hair, short. He looked, he looked like Paul Kelly. I'm convinced it was Paul Kelly, to be honest. <laughs> um, and he went over to this lady that was like the same age as him. And he like, I can only describe what he did as he swept her up in his arms. He like put his arm around her waist. You know, and she she said something to him and he like said something kind of playful to her and he put his arm around her waist and kind of like grabbed her in close and like I think they kissed, I don't know. It was really sweet. She had been standing outside the car like a few meters away kind of looking at the water. I guess they got kids out there or something. I don't know. Does Paul Kelly have kids? <laughs> he, he does, doesn't he? he got, he's got fucking heaps of kids, mate. Um, Catholics, they love a kid. But so, yeah, I got out and I put my board shorts on and tied the string up tight. I went to the bathroom first. I was like, I'm going in the sea. I should go to the bathroom. And then came back and uh, grabbed the boogie board and I felt a little bit self-conscious, but um, I was like, I'm doing it. I told myself I was going to do it, you know, next time I came down here. So I'm doing it. I'm a 31-year-old man with a boogie board walking towards the ocean and uh, have my phone had the keys for the car, had uh, my towel, chucked them down in a little kind of hole in the grass where I'd be able to see them when I went in the water so I could check that no one was stealing them. And then I went in the water and uh, it was kind of cold. Like at first it was a little bit cold, but I just like kept going in and it wasn't that cold. It was cold on my feet, but as soon as I touched it, I was like, that's not that cold. And there were other people in the water and that was the main thing for me. Safety, sure, but also just to not feel weird about the fact that I'm going and trying to ride waves, you know. There were some kids out there on surfboards. There was a couple other people on boogie boards. made me feel good. Went out. I caught a wave, like the first wave. It just felt very easy. I almost didn't have to try. I was like, all right, if I got that one, I can get a better one. I kind of bailed out of the wave early because I was like, no, I want to get a bigger one. Trying to go further out. The waves were pretty big. Like they just, yeah, I don't know how what the swell is or whatever, but they just felt big and I was trying to paddle out on the boogie board. I couldn't really get out the back past the breakers, which is fine. I don't know if I'm even like a strong enough swimmer to get out there or what, but um, caught a couple of waves. I got dumped by one. That was sick. I just, I got kind of cocky or lazy, you know, I was like, oh, I'll just be able to, this one that was like about to break on top of me and I was like, nah, man, I'll be able to ride that. I'll just turn around and let it pick me up. And I was like right in the middle of it when it picked me up and just smashed me down, threw my board out from under me and fucking the rope like grazed the side of my arm. But even that was fun. I was like, man, I got fucking owned. I got taken. <sighs> and then the last one I rode in, I was out there. Oh, I said this one kid was on his surfboard and uh, he was with his mate and his mate was like clearly like, you know, a bit, Stronger swimmer or whatever So his mate That must have been like 15 or something And his mate got out past the waves But this one kid He just like Couldn't get past him And the one wave He kind of got caught in it And um, and it threw him around And chucked his, his surfboard away from him 
and he turned back and I caught his eye and I was like, you're good. And he was like, yeah, you know, that like breathless, like, yeah, 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 yeah. this is sick. I was like, it is sick, isn't it? And, uh, that was before I got dumped. And then when I got dumped, I was like, fucking, <laughs> I'm, I'm no better than that child. <laughs> and, uh, the last one I caught in, I was tired. I caught one and I was tired and I was like, nah, one more, come on. And uh, I, I just like didn't wait for the perfect one. I just took one, but it like dropped me down like and then it kept going and then there was like another surge. I rode it, I was like slaloming on the boogie board and I like rode it all the way into the shore. <sighs> just felt really good, man. It felt really good to drive there like I said I was going to I'd be saying I was I'd been saying I was going to all week and uh I still wanted to see that show on Sunday night and then I wanted to go to Comedy Republic because I feel like I've kind of been a bit of a hermit and not seeing people so it was nice just to see some people and chat to my friends you know and and um but I didn't finish there until 12:15 and I was like I've already decided though I was like I said I was going to do this I was going to go and go to lawn so I'm going to fucking go to lawn I want to do it and uh, it felt really good to get out there and do the thing that I said I was going to do. I went boogie boarding and I can do that whenever I want now. And that's great. So, yeah, I think that's the end of the podcast for this week. To the girl whose car door has, I maintain, inexplicably broken. Um, I'm sorry that your door broke. I hope that we can find a resolution to this. Here's, I'll read the message that I, I'll read the message that I sent to her. I'm pretty happy with this, actually. I said, uh, hey, mate, that wasn't a great call. I'm sorry for the way that went. You said you have a busy day. Would you like me to drive the car to the mechanic and get it looked at for you? I have time in the afternoon from two and would happily do it if you have too much on to get it done. I'd like to find a resolution to this that doesn't end with us yelling at each other if possible. And uh, she said, hey, thanks for the offer. It's at the mechanic now. We'll just go via car next door from here as they take care of this process. So look, not the warmest message from her. And I replied, I was like, if there's anything I can do, whatever. I hope your day's less stressful. She she hates me. <laughs> um, yeah, and I guess that still upsets me. I wish she didn't hate me, but... Sometimes in life, you can't control whether someone hates you or not, you know? The thing, it's, it's fucking over. That's it. <sighs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening, man. If you're in Melbourne and you haven't come and seen the show, you can see the show. If you like the podcast, by the way, chuck us a fucking review on iTunes. Five stars. Share it with a friend who you think might like it. And uh, I hope you're doing okay in your week this week. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.